God knows exactly what you need to hear right now. You turn on the radio and God knows what you need and when you need it. That's what Christian Radio does. WIAM 101.1 FM. The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Is Israel working on the fulfillment of Ezekiel? We'll look at an interesting story to see if that's true. Meanwhile, China and Russia are working on our new one-world economy. How nice of them. Lots of people need rescue from the world groaning, yet we'll see a former gang member get rescued by God. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we explore the signs of the times. Our weekly look at Bible prophecies that we find in the world's news for Friday, August 25th, 2023. And if you need an insurance rescue, then let our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent agency featuring Erie Insurance products, go to work for you. For a personalized no-obligation quote, you can contact them by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. Listen, watch, or do both with any of our previous shows. Share previous episodes with your friends or ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question by hitting us up at thewaymedia.net, then click Signs of the Times, or you can do the same on the Way Media app. And now, here to rescue us with the Word of God is Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark, if April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? Uh, I know this, but go ahead. Uh, no, no, you go I ahead. Can, no, 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 you didn't. What, the pilgrims, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. See, now I'd heard that one. That's okay. I couldn't I took lie. The I couldn't pretend. I took the chance, because it kind of sounded like this something you would have heard, <laughs> yep. if not by your neighbor, who is the uh, king of puns. He is the king of puns. He is the king of puns. Yes. Uh, so, but I, I took a shot. Yeah. yeah. These anyway. puns are, lo- I would add the word punish. They punish you. Yes, so they bad. punish. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yes, it's, it, it's kind of like, like um, well, I think he'd be a good mentor. I mean. Don't you mean tormentor? <laughs> so anyway, now that was, see that was a fun. That was you should have started with that one. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. That's good. Um, before we get into our articles, let's get into a prophecy conference that you are participating in. You want to tell the people? About. Yes, yeah. Prophecy conference in Nashville, Tennessee, September sixteenth at Alpine Grove um, Christian Church. Alpine Grove Christian Church. Uh, it is in well, technically it's in Franklin, but I think it's really in um, Coolville. Uh, I think it's what the the town is or whatever. But Franklin, so that's outside of Nashville. Yeah, outside of Nashville, and it's going to be September 16th. Uh, it's going to be starting at, I think, 9 a.m. 
Um, if you have any questions and you want to come to that Prophecy Conference, I'll be there. Uh, Pastor Joel Dover will be there. Pastor Brian, who's hosting it, will be there. Um, that conference is, again, September 16th, starting at 9 o'clock. If you want more information, call Calvary Chapel, Franklin, Tennessee. Calvary Chapel, Franklin, that. Tennessee. Yep, and, and they'll give you the information there. You can sign up online there. And, uh, and so it's going to be a great time, a great one-day conference, and just and looking forward to it. But it's going to be fun to meet some of our listeners in Nashville uh, face-to-face. So that would be yeah. exciting. Very good, yeah, very good. Okay, yeah. all right, well, let's uh, go ahead and head over to Israel as episode 276 kicks off. We go to the Jerusalem Post, and we see a Christian exodus from Israel, Yeah, and there's a ministry aiming to solve the visa crisis. So what is all of this about? Because this sounds very interesting. Yeah, and I want to talk about it, then talk about really what some of the spirit behind all this. Again, listen to what it says, just a little bit of the article. The chief of staff of the Population and Immigration Authority has reached out to the lawyer representing the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem to inform him that a review of the visa policy that has banned permanent staff from entering Israel is underway. And an understanding will be reached soon, they're saying. Last week, uh, Parsons turned out to the media over concerns that his and other large Christian organizations were slowly, and I quote, slowly being squeezed out of existence by the interior ministry. He pointed out that over the last 18 months, the ministry has ceased granting work or clergy visas to entities like ICEJ and similar groups. Instead, their personnel were constrained to obtain volunteer visas with stringent limitations. These visas were exclusively available to individuals from prosperous nations, compromising at least 50% of Israel's GDP. So if you had a lot of money, a nation from there, they helped you more, but not that much. Furthermore, these visa holders were restricted to traveling alone without dependents. Additionally, the terms of the visas mandated departure from the country a minimum of six months every two years. That's a lot. Again, I was thinking you only had to leave for like three months and come back in, but I don't know if they've changed that or if it's always been six months and I just misunderstood. But if you're over there and you're living there and you're not a citizen, you've got to leave, I thought, for three months every couple of years. Now it looks like six months every two years. Maybe it's always been that. But anyway, it says, I want to finish Israel's home to a small cluster of notable Christian organizations. No kidding. Each boasting roughly a dozen permanent personnel. Put differently, the collective count of individuals necessitating clergy or other more permanent visas likely falls below 100. However, despite Which this... Isn't, a, isn't much to begin with, No, it's right? not. It's not. However, despite that, but that's your permanent visas for those outside the country. No, okay. There's a lot more than 100 there that are involved in different uh, ministries and churches and uh, events. Okay? Fair enough. Okay. However, despite this relatively modest figure, Parsons underscored that issuing fresh visas... And extending existing ones has continually been met with refusals. Now, this got my attention for for this particular reason. I don't know. Um, you know, Greg, we look at this prophetically, and here's what I do know. I know that um, uh, Israel's going to find themselves more and more isolated in the last days. And, and here's where this may fit in prophetically, because this really caught my attention. I have noticed over the last, really, I guess it's probably been going on longer than the last six months to a year, but I've noticed in the news. At least since COVID. I've noticed in the news over the last six months to a year a greater uh, hostility toward Christians in the land. Um, Christian events, it's almost like um, they're not coming out and saying it, but there's a greater opposition to Christians being in the land. There's, there's, you know, when, when Netanyahu got in, as much as we like him to be in power, uh, because he's on the more conservative pro-Israel side, if you will, and that's funny to say in your own nation, but he's more, he's more for his own nation than the other side. <laughs> um, he brought in a lot of really, really uh, conservative leaders um, who were v- pretty radical, 
And some of those, there were a couple of guys there, and I forget their names right now, but a couple of them really were pushing against, you know, I mean, just getting rid of all Christians, outlawing Christianity, and, and there's all kinds of ridiculous things going overboard on it. And so they're kind of in the mix of all this. But I've been noticing not just that kind of voice raising up in their political ranks, but just events where, say, Christians will have an event and there's a little bit of opposition, crowds yelling at them, gathering against them. There was one recently. Amazing. There was one recently where they even had some of the Israeli soldiers there. They said we're kind of blocking people and giving them a hard time. I mean, look, historically, Israel has been very kind to Americans and American Christians, because again, in the past, the majority of a Christian, a Christians have been, uh, Americans have been Christian, and, and that's not the case anymore. But there's been kind of this friendliness toward Americans and toward Christians, which is sometimes the case, both the case. But it, it's, I'm just watching this. I'm not saying it's a trend. I'm not saying it's going to change. But there's something going on recently where I'm noticing in the headlines more opposition toward Christians. Now, the first thing that pops in my mind is, are you kidding me? We're the only ones that are helping you guys. Everybody else is fighting against you and hates you. You would think the ones that love you, you would love, right? But, and, and many of them do. I'm not categorizing the entire nation. Yeah, it's not a wholesale statement. Of course not. We yeah. have many friends in Israel. I've got friends in right. Israel, and, 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 and we have great connection, American Israel, and the church in Israel. So I don't want to mischaracterize this. I'm just simply saying that I'm noticing among the populace a, a, a greater resistance and, and I think, number one, the, part of the reason I'm hearing is, is, okay, yeah, maybe you guys are friendly to us, but you're coming over and you're proselytizing. You're trying to make us become Christians. And so we think you have a hidden agenda. You're coming over and you're trying to make us Christians. Well, of course we want you to be Christians because we love you and we want you to be in heaven. But that doesn't mean that all these organizations are getting right out there and just getting in their face and, and, and proselytizing. They're using wisdom. And, of course, we're praying for them. And we're loving them also in, in, in not just wanting to see them come to Christ, Greg. We're loving them because God said to on his basis with Abraham. Well, I was going to say, that's, that's the first thing that we're doing over there as Christians is trying to bless them because God told us to. That's right. Right. I'll bless those who yeah. bless you. So 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 anyway, but but what's happening is I think now, and remember when Israel first began, they didn't realize how strong they were because they didn't recognize God's supernatural divine protection. They did see it in their battles. They did see it in their wars, God doing these great things. But I don't think it really sunk in that they felt really totally safe. They still wanted man's help. You know, it's like Egypt down the road has always mm-hmm. been kind of the helper for Israel. When things were tough, they'd run to Egypt and God would say, why are you looking to Egypt? Look to me. So I think Israel's been looking to America, the big brother, the big friend, uh, the world influencer, and not as much looking to God because they're a majority secular uh, you know, society, although they, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll mention God, bringing them back and all that, but they're largely yeah. secular society. Religion in name only. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I think what it was, they were, uh, it was like convenient to have America as your friend. You know, if you're on the mm-hmm. playground and the, and the biggest guy out there is your buddy. That's a cool thing when there's bullies on the playground because you realize if the bullies try to pick on you and you're just little, then you know your friend's going to step up and say, "Hey, leave him alone," and they're going to back off. So America, they feel, "Hey, leave him alone." They'll back off. I think personally that Israel now is feeling more confident in their own strength, mm. which is a mistake. It's God's strength. Yes, they have, I guess, listed now the eighth most most powerful military in the world. Um, I, I would say really it's the number one military only because God's doing it. But on paper, the eighth, you know. And so I think they're feeling more confident that, hey, we don't need America as much as we used to. So once they feel like they don't need us as much as they used to, I think the real character will come out, which is we really don't want Christians over here talking to us about Jesus because we've rejected Jesus. And so you're seeing, I think, maybe a growing um, opposition to Christians, I think, because now they're feeling more confident in their own identity. They don't need America or Christians as much. Who cares about your friendship? This is what we believe. And I know, it, again, it's not all that way, but I think we're seeing that grow. 
So you're, I'm watching this grow. So well, I guess I'm bringing this up to say this. Yes, we continue to love them. Yes, we continue to support them, whether or not they are a, uh, a friendly to us or not, because God said to. The majority of them are friendly to us, so that's easy to say. And we have a lot of believing family over there, uh, who, Jews who know the Lord. Um, but I, I be watching for this growing um, um, separation, and we don't need you. And I think what's going to happen, Greg, you're going to see Israel themselves. God is allowing them to put themselves and paint themselves in a corner, really, where not only is the world already against them, but the friends that they have are slowly going to disappear. And that's God's design because God is going to make them realize they have one helper. And that one helper is God Almighty. And that's when God is going to step in and be their rescuer like he has in these wars. But also, especially with the Ezekiel 38 and 39 Russian-Iranian invasion, God's going to come in and show that he's their God. And the world's going to recognize that he's their God. So there's this divine setup going on, I think. I'm not saying God's causing their hearts to turn against Christians. I'm saying I think the true colors are coming out because they don't need America as much anymore. And I think God's allowing that to happen because he will get more glory. Um, I'm going to say that that is exactly what's happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I look back and, and you look at uh, Moses in Egypt and the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, you know, uh, Pharaoh was already against the things and the ways of the Lord. But at some point, God hardened his heart. That's right. See, came basically the, the the language imparts that God came alongside and agreed with Pharaoh. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. There's no turning back. Yeah. But when you see prophetically the the relationships that will not be there in order for Ezekiel to happen, uh, which is all nations will turn against her, no one will come to her aid, some will question the motives of what's happening, but no one will physically come to her defense. I think God is, and I look at this as a prophetic barometer of what's happening in the nation right now, I think God's allowing their hearts to become hardened, maybe trusting in their own uh, prowess, their own technology, their right. their their own abilities, right. and that they don't need that help. But you know, there's that spiritual battle that's going on in terms of accepting Yeshua yeah. as their Messiah, and so that and there, and and God and the Bible says that God has has blinded them to this. Yeah. Until it's appointed time when he lifts the veil, that's right, and then they can see Jesus for who he is. Yeah. So I think, if anything, that blindness is now just really kind of being taken off of neutral and putting into drive. Yeah, maybe so, Greg. And again, I I think I do believe that's what's happening here. I mean, time will tell, but I believe that's exactly what's happening. And Mark and I only say that when I look at all the other things happening in the world that's coinciding. If if Russia and Iran were not in Syria right now and all of those other things and this, I would just I wouldn't necessarily look at it as as a, you know, the the end play to the latter days prophetic events. Right. I would just look at this is the spiritual battle because they don't know Jesus and and we stir a, a spiritual jealousy within them. Right. Because we're claiming we love your God. Right. Right. But we know him differently than you. Right. He's got That's a right. name and we're not afraid to say it. That's right. So anyway, but then when you look at all these other things, I think, oh, wow, this is. Again, we've said this over the last couple of years. 
I think we're closer than what we think we are. Yeah, I, I believe so, too. And we see it ramping up, and it's amazing to see how, how, how blinded and stubborn they are. But let me say this. Yeah. Again, they're blinded in part. Yeah. Uh, there is a remnant. And, there is a remnant, and, yes. And, uh, and again, um, I, know that, you know, many of the, I know many of the guides over there that I've become friends with, they know the Lord. And so, um, you know, we love them. We're going to support them. And even if they're completely against us, it's kind of like, like the future brother in the family. They're going to be brothers. Many of them are going to be saved. But we have like a rebellious brother. And you know what? We're going to love that rebellious brother. We're going to pray for that rebellious brother. And then when they get restored, it's going to be kill the fatted calf. And we're going to have a great celebration. So there's a lot of exciting things ahead for the nation of Israel and for the believers. Yeah. When we look forward to all of it. That's right. Here we go. Money talks. All right. Let's look at some one world economy news. This is from Fox News. China and Russia get together. And they are leading a block uh, that wants to dethrone the U.S. dollar yeah. and, of course, upend world order. Yeah, and this is going to happen. You know, we've talked yeah. about the U.S. dominance has to go down. We've been yes. talking about this for years in order for the end times process to take place. The American dollar is going to disappear. There has to be some type of world currency that everybody goes along with, which is going to end up being something digital, again, which, which will tie into the mark of the beast. Uh, as far as that goes, it talks about that in Revelation 13. But this is this is whether or not the BRICS nations uh, is is that forming, I don't know. But you're seeing now uh, more options forming against the world dominant dollar, if you will, heading toward this new world currency and economy. And that's what this article is about, these BRICS uh, nations coming together uh, that are forming this other uh, a currency. So they can't depend on the U.S. Again, the U.S. has been using their dominance, especially recently, Greg, to really as a weapon against many other nations. Hey, you don't do what we like. We're going to withhold funds. We're going to do this, blah, blah, blah. And since so everything's based on the dollar, uh, these other countries are saying, enough of that. We're going to be done with that. And so the BRICS block countries, the article says, led by China and Russia, again, the two major players we're watching here in kind of this battle for world dominance with the West, uh, want to upend the U.S. dollar. Indeed, South Africa's ambassador to the group could not have been clearer last month when she said, and I quote, the days of the dollar-centric world is over. Mm-hmm. That's reality. We have a multipolar global trading system today, end quote. BRICS is an acronym coined in 2001 by Jim O'Neill, former managing director of Goldman Sachs Global Investment Management Division, in his seminal paper in which he predicted that the budding economies of Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa would surpass the world's top economic superpowers of the G7 ahead. So, again, these were the five, Greg, that have been in bricks up to this point. And there's been a lot of, um, I guess you would say, prophetic chatter online saying these are, they're going to be adding five more when they come together. And so that's going to make up the ten toes of Daniel chapter 2. Whether or not there's any connection to Daniel chapter 2 and the ten toes, I do not know. Time will tell. But a temporary cog, at least, has been thrown uh, in the way of those who have been saying that when they were waiting on this conference because they just added... Six new BRICS members, which makes it 11. And that is United Arab Emirates, Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. So you now have 11 that are involved in this BRICS uh, so, uh, environment. So unless you have Goliath's foot with an extra toe uh, because of mutation, because <laughs> yes. he had six fingers uh, on each hand, he might have had 11 toes, a total six on One each One to spare. Probably did on each foot. Either way, unless you have some mutant giant going here, this is not the Ten Nation conglomerate. However, I will say this, uh, one could always drop out, and we don't know what the Ten Nation conglomerate is going to be. Uh, could be, may, may not be. That's not the point here. But for those who've been saying, yes, that they're going to add five – 
I'm sure that, that, that there's probably a little bit of a uh, turbulence to their water here. So we, we always have to be careful jumping the gun and making predictions too far in advance because we have to wait and let things play out. We've learned that prophetically, and we should have learned that hist- uh, um, in history. However, I'm not writing this office to this being used in that process. It's just not now for sure. Uh, the article goes on, the leaders of the five nations seeking to upend the West's dominance in global affairs will gather August 22nd through 24th, their 15th summit, minus Russia's President Vladimir Putin, because he, <laughs> again, he's facing an arrest warrant with the International Criminal Court. So he, he's, what is he's, it with these ex-presidents getting arrested? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. anyway, so he's there by video, uh, but it says a top item which undoubtedly uh, will underpin all the discussions, while officially not on the agenda, according to South Africa's ambassador, is will the creation of a new international currency take place? So, again, we're all watching to see what happens out of this. I find it interesting. I don't know that they're ready to launch their new um, you know, competitor yet that's going to really bring things down. But I do believe you're going to see America come down. I do believe you're going to see the dollar come down. I think it's going to end up being yes, a conglomerate of nations for some type of currency uh, that is going to be a digital-based currency. Remember, the Antichrist will not allow anyone to buy or sell um, without the mark, and so it's going to be connected to this digital system and the mark and all that goes with that. But that's worth keeping your eyes on. Keep your eyes on this. If you're anything in, in the news about BRICS and about all those that are there, um, you know, just know that it, it, these are very interesting things to watch, and we watch to see what's going to happen when we don't know. So, uh, You know what's interesting? It makes me think about a story that we covered a few years ago, and that was the talk about the Amero, which right. was a which was supposed to be a regional currency right. for North America, which would be for Canada, the U.S., and Mexico exactly. in terms of a continent. Right. Um, and so we've always thought, and, and we, or at least we were thinking at that time when we saw the the talk about the Amero come up, is that oh, interesting. So maybe they'll do ten regions and ten regional currencies yeah. that will eventually. So they'll you know eat the elephant one bite at a time, and eventually we'll get down to a single thing. But we've got to we've got to take this in, in stages. So I haven't heard anything in quite a while about that. So maybe that just kind of went by the wayside, kind of like in a wars of rumors and wars type of way. Sometimes. Sometimes you hear about things and they happen. Sometimes you hear about things and they don't happen. No, you're correct about that. But let me tell you what is happening. Okay. I'll tell you how that came in, Greg. Okay. They're still very much looking at breaking the world up into 10 regions. Oh, no, I know that. I'm just talking and, about and, for the currency right. issue. And, so, and I believe that's more than likely what the 10 toes are going to be are these 10 regions that the U.N. has set up. Only time will tell rather than bricks or other things. However... Yeah. These 10 regions, one of the regions, as you pointed out, was Canada, America, and Mexico. So when you're looking at regions, but you don't have the full picture yet, the logical thought would be, you know, if we're going to break them up in a region, they're going to need a common currency because they're going to be going back and forth over borders. So then you hear that conversation. I think now as things are advancing and you're realizing that we're coming together much quicker in regions as a world, that you'll see those kind of things disappear to rather than an Amero for us, it'll be the currency for everyone worldwide. Gotcha. Okay. So I think it probably so that did could start have been a legitimate. rumor of war type of issue. Well, I don't think it did probably start. It was legitimate. legitimate there was legitimate yeah. governmental discussions about it, but I'm thinking that it's going to fade probably more into a world digital monetary system, and things like BRICS are going to push that along. I don't think BRICS necessarily is going to be the system that brings that in, but I think BRICS is going to be used to push that along, and I think you're still going to see these 10 regions of the world that yeah. uh, the U.N. has broken it up into probably still being some type of representation of the ten toes, again, only the Lord knows. It may be specific ten nations out of Europe. I'm leaving all that on the table. Time will tell as we move closer to the end. But these are things to watch. Yeah, interesting. Yep. Yeah, and maybe even regional governments, uh, you know, versus national governments. Right. 
you know, but that yeah. but that requires sovereignty to yeah, but then, be but, moved but out that of the way makes as sense, well. Greg. Remember, yeah. you have the ten kings. Yeah, exactly. So you, have, you have like, yes. for example, a king over Canada, America, Mexico, a king over blah blah blah. So in that sense, you have a leader over them. They'll all come together and give their power. Now, whether or not it's broken up in in the UN's way, or whether there's a different way they're going to come up with, or whether it's literally ten nations that just individually are so strong that they take over. Only time will tell. But yeah. there are going to be ten leaders that are ruling together until the Antichrist comes on the scene, uh, yanks three of them down right away, puts himself in power over all of them, and then, of course, you have the seven remaining with him being the eighth, and that's that seven-headed dragon and beast that we see in Revelation. So um, it's gonna, it's all going to happen. These are We're in that process of, of seeing it fall into place. We don't know the exact details, but, again, it's, it's slowly churning and clearly working toward that end, and we can watch it happen. Yeah, and which is amazing to me when you think about what the, the, sur- the surge has been towards cryptocurrency. And I don't see how that, I think maybe that's a way to move money around, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to disappear because I can't imagine a government allowing independent currencies, whether they are of a physical nature or a digital nature, right. to, to be able to exist out there in the wild. No, you're exactly right, Greg. I think they have to. there has to be ultimate control. As a matter of fact, yeah. the Bible tells us there will be. The Antichrist will have ultimate control over all of the world's finances. So there cannot be any loose ends of other forms of currency that can be traded or done anything behind the scenes. A lot of people feel confident in these cryptocurrencies. And maybe for now, there is a, a level of safety. Uh, but I'm telling you, it's all going to be taken under control at some point by this world leader. And he will control everything everything and every aspect of the lives of those that are still here who miss the rapture yeah he sure will yep that is pastor mark kirk who is helping us make sense of the signs of the times that's our weekly take on bible prophecy that we find in the world's news on wiam lp knoxville we are a weekly radio broadcast that we have tagged as podcast number 276 available through all of your popular podcast outlets, and you go to thewaymedia.net, and we will also show you where you can subscribe to those shows. You've got mail. Pastor Mark, we have three questions yes. this week. Our first question comes from Neil here in Knoxville. Uh, uh, regarding the Ezekiel War, he says, with plans for a Mediterranean pipeline to take oil from Israel to Greece, Israel could threaten both the Arab oil producing nations and Russian oil dominance, which we've been talking about mm-hmm. for several years now. Because of this, it seems we are getting very close to the invasion of Israel by Russia. Uh, are there any indications that the Ezekiel War in chapters 38 and 39 will happen before or after the start of the seven-year tribulation? Yeah. First of all, let me say I definitely believe, Neil, that there's going to be some connection to all the natural gas and oil that's there in Israel that's going to spur this whole battle with Russia and Iran. More Russia for the goods, Iran more for the religious reasons. Yeah, but either way, that's going to be a part of it. Now, any indications? You know what? We really just don't know. Um, The Bible doesn't make it clear whether or not the rapture is going to happen before or after. There could be some kind of delay. However, I will say this. Before or after the seven-year tribulation? No, no, no. Because that's his question. Oh, okay. I thought before or after the start. Of the seven year, the word start. That's the very beginning of it. So I, I, there's no okay. indication. Yeah, that's that's the designation. So I don't think there's anything that tells us whether or not it's going to be right before or now. Now, if it could be before, I do not believe it'll be after. It couldn't be after. You know, here's the bottom line. Once right. that seven year starts, we've got to be out of here. Right. The Christians will be gone, Neil, once that seven-year starts. And when is the seven-year designation going to be? The seven-year designation is when the Antichrist signs a treaty with Israel and the surrounding nations, 
possibly even the nations of the world you know, overseeing all that. But the bottom line is, once that time clock starts, you've got a seven-year timetable until the Lord's return. And the reason the church has to be gone, I know there's those who believe in the mid-trib and the post-trib and all that, but the, one of the main reasons I stand firmly that it has to be pre-trib is that if we are still here when that time clock starts, every single Christian who knows the Bible prophetically will be able to accurately predict the rapture and the second coming. Uh, because if it doesn't happen at the beginning, it would be mid-trip. You could exactly pick it, 1,260 days. But if it happens at the very end, you could say, okay, it's 2,520 days. Jesus said no one will know the day or the hour. Therefore, I believe it is impossible for that treaty to be signed uh, until the church is out of here. Now, here's where I want to go with that question, and it kind of bleeds over both yeah. ways. Yeah. Could, could the rapture happen like, um, um, forget the covenant. If you leave the covenant out of it, there could be an overlap before or a little bit after that could happen in there. There could be some, 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 some slush fund, <laughs> some slush room there, if you will. But here's the thing. When you read Ezekiel 38 and 39, it says that once that happens and that battle's over, God will have poured out his spirit on the nation of Israel, which means the 144,000 will be saved. And Greg, that happens. At, after the treaty signed, yeah. that, I mean that's that's kind of the signal that we've started right. the great tribulation. So, I, if there is, could it be before? Yeah. If there's any after that battle, it's going to be short lived, and the rapture's got to be really quick right after that. I believe based on scripture. Okay. So now let me ask you this question: If 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 we are going to go with a hypothesis that the rapture could happen after or immediately after the start of the seven year tribulation so right. meaning the peace treaty has been signed which means we know who signed the peace treaty no no i think we have to be gone okay but that yeah that's what i mean i we I have to be right yeah so, i'm sorry if i wasn't clear on that no but i'm the, saying but, but the start of the seven-year tribulation begins at the beginning of that treaty right but it, let's forget the treaty for a minute right. let's just go to the battle okay I, what i was saying was is let's say the battle takes place but the treaty's not signed yet there could be a little bit oh, of leeway I see there what you're saying. before the rapture. For Ezekiel 38 and 39, yes. Yes, there could be a, a slight delay we there. We could but be saying, here for that. Right, but I, but I don't think the delay could be very long. If, if there is any delay, Greg, after that battle, and here's why. I go back to, the, at that point, it says God's going to pour His Spirit out on the nation. And when God pours His Spirit out on the nation, there's every indication that, of course, would include yeah. the 144,000, which happens after. After the rapture, yes. or the you know after the signing of the covenant, right. or at the same time, right? So I again, I would think you could look for before a little bit before if there's any question there, or right at it, right? Might be more likely. Oh yeah, the rapture happening in conjunction with exactly Ezekiel 30 exactly, and which could be very possible. We just don't know exactly the timing, but in that in that realm. In okay, there. Uh, so it leads me to my question: and is it just an inference of scripture, or is there a specific verse that says? that we will not know, that Christians will not know who the Antichrist is. Yeah, it says is that it? He, he will not be revealed until he who restrains is removed. removed. Thank you. Yes. yes, and so because of that, uh, it would it would appear that, again, the Holy Spirit will still be working here on the earth, but he's going he's gonna to release his restraining power, which means that allows the Antichrist now to move forward uninhibited. And when the Antichrist can move forward uninhibited, the treaty will be signed, and the last seven years will begin, which would indicate the Christians have to be out of here before that takes place. Okay. All right. Uh, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Char. 
I, I'm, I'm assuming it's pronounced it, it, Char it, versus Char. Char, uh, Char. Char. Okay, Char, yeah. thank you. C H A R. From uh, listens to Signs of the Times down in Trenton, Florida. And she says, I watched your Wednesday teaching on Ezekiel 38 and 39. My question is if the Jews know that it was Jesus who defeated their enemies, Russia, etc., then how are they going to accept the Antichrist coming in possibly shortly after? Yeah, and first of all, let me say uh, hello to Char. Char's a friend, even going all the way back to Santa Fe, New Mexico. So it's fun to have her listening to the show and a part of what we're doing here and now down in Florida. But great question, Char. But here's the difference now, and and, and maybe I wasn't clear on this. Um, I didn't say that they would know that it was Jesus that gave them the victory. I said that they God. would know that it was God that gave them that. But see, but we as Christians, we know that God is Jesus. Jesus. And Jesus is God. They don't know that and they don't believe that. So they will believe not that Jesus gave them the victory, but they will believe that God gave them the victory. So not knowing the Lord and believing that God just gave them a supernatural victory, that won't stop them at all from this world leader stepping on the scene because God's not here yet, right, in their mind. The Messiah hasn't come, and, and of course they don't believe the Messiah is God, but the Messiah hasn't come. So for them, all they're accepting at that point is a world leader who's bringing world peace and will help them rebuild their temple. And um, we talked about, you know, he's going to be instrumental even helping them, like I said, you know, divide the land up and to build their temple. So they're going to be more open to receive him because there, there's a, a, fa- a section of the Jews, a, a sect, uh, who believe that the Antichrist, or not the Antichrist, but the Messiah will help them rebuild their next temple. And so this guy's going to help them. So they're going to think he's the Messiah, et cetera. So, um, yeah. So it's, they're not, it's not that they'll believe in Jesus. They'll believe that yeah. God did it. Yeah. And they are, see, they already believe now that God intervened in all the other wars. Yeah. And all the other wars, they believe God intervened. Yeah. So this will just be another war where God intervened. Not Jesus, yeah. but God, and they'll accept this world leader because he's going to be coming in to help them forward their uh, seeking of God yeah. in building the third temple. And, Shard, just to go along with your line of thinking, let's pull back a little bit and look at the other people group that's going to be involved in this, and that's the that's the Muslims. Because the Muslims also believe that they have a Messiah, too, and their Messiah, they believe their Messiah, as well as the Jews believe that their Messiah, Ben David, are both both going to do the same thing, and that is bring peace to the Temple Mount. Yeah. So they're both, in whatever way, however that works out in terms of lineage and, and, and you know, uh, ethnicity and do, are, are they really muslim are they really jew however that's going to play out we, we really don't know but there but this guy is going to be accepted by both parties yeah. because of what he's going to be able to do so yeah. th- that group's also going to be involved in that thinking too yeah and i just recently found out i didn't realize there was a designation there and i've got to do some further homework on this so uh, i'll let you guys know that if, if this is not accurate but from from a source i trust i just recently learned there is a division in the shia and the sunni um, I always assumed the Mahdi and the 12th Imam were the same, but they're not. Uh, the Sunnis believe in a Mahdi who will come in and be the world leader. The Shia believe in an Imam who will come in and be, the, be their, their Messiah. See, I thought it was just a different name for the same I, one. I, I thought it was too, but I'm, 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 I think I'm accurate on this. Okay. And if I'm wrong, I'll correct it next week. Okay. So don't tell your yeah. friends this yet. Yeah. Don't tell anybody this. <laughs> Keep this quiet between only us, the few. Li- anyway, yes. but yeah, I do believe there's a, desi- a designation there, Greg, between the, the, uh, the Sunnis with their Mahdi, the Shias with their, their, um, uh, Imam, and even the way it's going to happen. For example, the Shias are believing it's going to come in by a great devastation battle right yes whereas those the sunnis of the mahdi do not so there's a there's a breakup here even in theology and doctrine i'm going to look at more at it this week maybe i shouldn't hey, have brought it up today no but that's but I'll okay. try to look at it more this week very interesting though. but it's really cool because iran is all about the battle yeah. for that religious reason that's right and they, and they are the shias 
They believe it's got to come in by war and by battle. In Saudi Arabia. And Sunni and all those Saudi Arabia, they believe they can come in peacefully by their Mahdi. And now, what did we just talk about in last week's show? Yeah, I know. That Saudi Arabia trying to broker peace or treaties or whatever with Israel. So now you see one is for war, one is for peace, but they both have their leader with a different thing he'll do when he comes on the scene. One will be brought in by great catastrophe. Which is why you see all the, the bombings and all the whatever. Want to be brought in by peace and agree. So it'll be interesting. You'll see the Shia faction uh, taking, really take a large hit when this whole Ezekiel 38 and 39 battle takes place. Because yes. they're going to be joining in. Maybe yes. they'll be wiped out, as we talked about. Yep. And then that'll open the door now for the more moderate, such as the Saudi Arabia. Even though that's where Mecca is, we can now understand how they can still be around. Yes. Not wiped out because they're not as radical in their viewpoint. And Greg can still be a part of this whole one world conglomerate. It makes sense now. Yeah, it does. And again, it's, it's interesting because we don't study the theologies of those particular no. religions as you learn them like oh wait a minute this is making more sense it's kind of cool yeah this just in the yes. signs of the times yes yes all yes. right pastor mark our last question comes from dennis who enjoys signs of the times in new york city yes who's who at the rapture is the title for his questions uh so many believers claim christ but never evangelize i feel that this type of christian is a quote-unquote couch potato bearing no fruit Christ said that there are those who will say, Lord, Lord, but he would not know them. However, Christ also said that if you just call upon his name, that you will be saved. Is it possible to understand that only active evangelical Christians who show fruit by sharing the gospel will be taken up at the rapture along with persons who call upon his name in times of trouble? Second question, could this possibly mean that people with a couch potato mindset may or will be left behind to endure the tribulations after the rapture? Yeah, this is, I mean, a really um, a question I've heard over the years and, um, again, wondered about a lot myself, especially as a, a younger believer. And still, again, today, not saying I fully understand this. I, I will say, that, first of all, great question. Um Here's let me tell you where I stand on this right now, and then I'll tell you the cautions that I see from Scripture. And 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 for me, it's like it kind of goes back to this: once saved, always saved. Um, you know, just don't mm. take a chance. People, you know, can you walk away? Can you not walk away? It's like, look, if you never take a chance, as long as you abide, as Pastor Chuck used to say, as long as you abide, it's never an issue about the uh, the whether you can walk away or not from your faith. Because Jesus in John fifteen, yeah, John fifteen. If you, he said, if you remain in me. Then you're, you're good. Just remain in me and I and you and there's no issue. If you, if we remain in him, it's never an issue. However, the question does come in. What if you don't remain in him? What if you choose to walk away? Now that's a whole nother discussion. I don't right. want to get into yeah. it, but, but it, it really, Greg, the same principle really, uh, comes into play here because again, we are the bride of Christ. All you have to do is believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. And again, you are a believer, et cetera. So yes, it would appear that you do that, you're going to be in, and maybe you don't have as much reward, but you're part of the body of Christ, you're going to go when the rapture takes place. But there are some things that do, you know, we we can't fully understand that do raise some questions. It's interesting, uh, the Lord speaking in in uh, in one of his parables, and we have to be careful in parables because, again, uh, they're used to paint a picture and not necessarily always to paint um, a full detailed theology. Um, but it is interesting when the Lord says he gave certain talents, two to this one, five to that one, one to that one. The two, the one that had two, the one that had five, they, they were sharing their faith. They were sharing their reward. He said, great, you did good. Here's your reward. The one who had the one talent given to them and buried it, he called them a wicked servant and, and said, cast them out, you know, with those that are unprofitable, you know, the wicked servants that don't get in, so to speak. So I think people hear things like that and they go, you know, maybe if you don't do anything, you're, you're not going to be a part. I lean toward, look, if you're in the body of Christ, you're in the body of Christ, you're going to go. You're just not going to get very much reward. 
But I'll tell you, there's enough in there to make me nervous about sitting back and doing nothing. You know, I think we do need to be awake and living the life and sharing our faith, not by works, not by earning anything. But I know this, I wouldn't want to just say, say a prayer and just kind of sit still the rest of my life. I, 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 I believe that you're in the body of Christ, you're going to be saved. But at the same time, there is going to be a loss of reward. And I think where some of the questions come in are, are parables like that. Um, I know in the past, people have talked about, well, you have the five virgins and the, and the five wise virgins and the five unwise virgins uh, in the parable Jesus gives at the wedding, right? But again, you see that the five wives, uh, five wives, five wise had the oil and that whole picture of oil and scriptures, the Holy Spirit. The other five did not. And so many people see that and say, well, that means some people will be left behind. That's the second part of this question. They'll be left behind in the rapture of the church because they didn't have any oil and only five are going to go. Um, the problem with that is when you look idiomatically, or should I say expositional constancy, we talk about where God uses the same terminology and phraseology throughout the Bible. Virgins throughout the Bible are spoken of as the Jews, the, 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 the nation of Israel, the virgin bride, you know, et cetera, is spoken of the nation of Israel. Whereas the bride is the body of Christ. So if you follow that, it would appear the body of Christ all gets in, but only uh, those that are filled with the oil among the Jews get in, which would be your remnant, those that know mm. in part, those that are saved. So I think that's probably a, a more accurate interpretation of being the, 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 those that are the bride of Christ and those that come in as the Jews and get saved and become a, a part of the body. Um, anyway, I don't mean to ramble or get too yeah. lost on this. The point I'm saying is, is look... We don't really know for sure whether or not anybody will be left behind in the rapture. I've heard good arguments on both sides. Some say true believers will be left behind because they didn't have their lamps filled with oil or because they buried their talent or whatever you're going to say. However, you have the other side that says, no, if you're saved, you're getting in no matter what. I lean toward, if you know Jesus, he's taking his bride. We're all going together. Okay, that's where I stand on that. However, I will say this. It goes back to the argument that Pastor Chuck used to make about can you walk away? Look. Just serve the Lord, and that's never an issue. Get involved, be a Christian that's about the business of the Lord, and you never have to worry about, is it possible to be left behind? You, you have no concern about whether it's possible to be left behind if you're serving the Lord. Only the people that are not serving the Lord would have any fears of, about being left behind. And, um, and so, but at the same time, I don't want to say that if you're not doing anything for the Lord, you're going to be left behind because I believe the body of Christ is going to be taken at the rapture of the church. So I've kind of played both sides there, uh, and said it the best that I know how, because I really don't know the exact complete full answer. And that was a good prophetic politician response. Yes, that was, that was speaking, as they say, out of both sides of your mouth or whatever the case might be. But honestly, it's because really, I don't know that, I don't know that it, there's good, uh, there's people going on both sides that make the argument, but I will say this. I think the majority of your scholars and the majority of those you listen to are going to go on the side that if you're in the body of Christ, you are going in the rapture. That's where I stand. Uh, but there are those who make arguments on some of those scriptures that I share that know maybe you'll be left behind and you have to go through the great tribulation and to be refined, et cetera, et cetera. I personally don't believe that. But again, uh, that's where some people are. All right. All right. Let's get into some pestilence, plagues, disasters and corruption. The world is replete with it. And yeah. this comes from CNN. Yellow knife in the Northwest Territories. Thousands scrambled to evacuate. The capital of Canadian territory as more than 200 unprecedented wildfires blanket the region. Yeah, and unprecedented is the word. Is there the are fires word. right now, Greg, all over the world. Oh, yep. 
all over the world. The groaning. Um, yes. And again, Romans 8.22 talks about the earth's going to be groaning in the last days. And of course, this creates a lot of conspiracy theories. Who knows what's true, what's not true. But I know this. We do know this. The earth is going to be groaning. So you're going to see a lot of environmental upheaval in the last days because of the earth groaning. Romans 8.22. It's waiting for the return of the Lord. And so again, um, we can expect to see that. And, and anyway, it, let me read this. Thousands of residents are rushing to evacuate the capital of Canada's Northwest Territory uh, to get away from Trudeau. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I added to the article. I just, I just plagiarized. Well, I didn't plagiarize. No. That was, it was, I guess that was, um, 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 what would that be? Journalistic heresy. Yeah. I added things that weren't true. You I'm just kidding. handle the truth. That's right. That's right. Anyway, we can read what it really says. <laughs> Thousands of residents are rushing to evacuate the capital of Canada's Northwest Territories as more than 200 fires burn. That's just in Canada, guys. This is going on all around the globe, okay? Leaving many to face dangerous road conditions or stand in line for hours for desperately needed emergency flights. Evacuations are underway in British Columbia, the Northwest Territories capital, Yellowknife, home of about about 20,000 and several other Northwest Territory communities have been ordered to evacuate as crews battle 236 active wildfires. And a massive fire creeps toward the city and a major highway. Or as it, yeah, and it also does, in other words. The infernos in the Northwest Territories are, most, uh, are among more than 1,000 fires burning across Canada. That's just in Canada. 1,000 fires in Canada. As the country endures the worst fire season on record, smoke from the fires have drifted into the U.S., bringing harmful pollution and worsening air quality. I remember now, that a few weeks ago. Yeah, and yeah. I want to make a couple of comments again. Look. This is going to try to be used politically as, 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 as climate change. That's nonsense. This has nothing to do or, or man-made climate change. Nonsense. There's, the Bible says in, in Colossians 1, Jesus holds all things together by his power. Mankind is not destroying the planet by the kind of car you drive or whether or not you eat a steak or whatever, you, how many flights you do. It's talking about reducing carbon. Carbon is necessary for survival. You've got to have carbon. Plants produce carbon. It, the, there's so Plants much, require carbon yeah. in order to produce oxygen. There you go. Yeah, there you go. There's so much nonsense going on with this whole climate stuff. The point is, don't worry about that. Man is not doing that this is simply what you're seeing happen is again there's two things going on number one the earth is groaning so you're going to see a lot of environmental upheaval the bible predicts that in the last days it has nothing to do with what you drive or what you eat it's the earth groaning you're just being it's being used politically to manipulate people so ignore that stuff it's nonsense but then in addition to that greg you've also got those the environmental activists who are now catching setting lots of these fires um, you know, as a matter of fact, they caught someone in Hawaii recently starting a fire in Hawaii, and now they're starting to wonder. They said power lines, but there are some rumors coming out that it may actually be arson there as well. We'll have to wait and see uh, in what happened there in Maui, the Lahaina thing, but which is terrible. I want to comment on that in a second, but here's the bottom line. Look, whether or not that was arson or which ones are arson, we know there are some eco-terrorists uh, who are, are intentionally starting fires. We also know that the earth is groaning. Uh, we also know that there are things that just happen, such as power lines falling down, which is the initial report coming out of Lahaina. And so, so whatever the, the, the truth is going to be when this all, when, you know, when this, when it all settles, the reality is, is that look, God's in control and you're going to see much more of this. As a matter of fact, when the great tribulation kicks in, the Bible says that most of the greenery on the earth is going to be burned up. That's going to be what happens. But I do want to make a comment before we move on, Greg, to encourage our listeners again, be praying for the people of, of Lahaina. Um, it, it is the more details I've learned so much since last week, the details that are coming in now are just heartbreaking. Um, at best, at best, it was horribly handled by the government. At best, it was great incompetence. There, there's one road coming in on one side, 
One road coming out on the other side, and the police blocked off both of those roads. The reports are coming out now, not allowing the residents to leave. Think about this. And the ones that escaped, you see all the cars lined up in the pictures. That's the ones, many of them didn't get out. They died right there, burning in their cars. We're now finding large numbers of, 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 of people and children burned in the homes. When that report comes out, it's going to be, I think, just um, shocking to most people. Um, they're trying to, I think, hide a lot of it right now, but it's going to come out. But the thing is, is that, Greg, there's only one way in, one way out on both sides of Lahaina there on the beach. They blocked them. They said the people that were able to escape that were there in those car lines, they were the ones that finally said, forget this. They got out of their cars and they ran and they just ran out of the city past the officials to get out because everybody was dying. Exactly. There's one horrible story. I think it was on Fox News today of a mom that went in. They wouldn't let her go back in to get her son. She finally worked her way back in. She worked around him. You know, mom's not going to stop. Right. She goes in there. They stopped her at a second checkpoint where the fire line was. They said, don't worry. You're, 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 we've evacuated. Evacuated the whole area. Go to the beach. You'll find your son. So that he said, was Whatever. a lie. Well, she found that her son wasn't there, and she found him later in the home, holding on to their family dog and dead. Oh, boy. Now, again, there is story after story already coming out. There's going to be more. You talk about infuriating. This is infuriating. I said, at best, infuriating incompetence. And anybody who, who who didn't, you know, I mean, heads should roll over this. This should be, this this kind of thing can never happen again. And I, again, I, I'm going to let it go with that. My point is that be praying for the people of Hawaii. Be praying for the people of Lahaina. This is horrible. They need our prayers. They need our support. Um, Calvary Chapel, we have sent money over there uh, to a couple of different the Calvary Chapels in that area to try to uh, get some support coming in and some help coming in. Those of you that can, don't just send it to the Red Cross either. Don't send it to the Red Cross or some of those normal uh, FEMA or whatever. They're not distributing the stuff to them they're holding they're, they're believe, having yeah, they're having horrible issues with that exactly send it to the churches find out what organizations are really distributing the needs to the people so don't just blindly give because it's going to be a mistake but i'm telling you i think that americans are going to be shocked if they allow the full story to come out americans are going to be shocked at how horrible this was and those people over there need our prayer they need our love they need our support, and uh, just be praying for them. Don't forget, lift them up to the Lord for the believers that are there to be strengthened and for those who don't know the Lord to be brought to Christ through this because God can use this, even though this horrible tragedy, uh, we know that God can use this to bring more into the kingdom, and that's what we need to be praying for. More people that need your prayer, Pastor Mark, from AP Network News, Tropical Storm Hillary, Southern California braces for more floods. Uh, this story was dated August 21st. We know that the storm has gone through, yes. but then there's the aftermath of all of this. That's right, and again, Greg, Romans 8, the earth groaning. Hillary, the first tropical storm to hit South Car- uh, Southern California in 84 years. And by the way... 84 years. Yes, and by the way, there's only been one hurricane that's ever hit California, and that was back in the 1800s. So, But they've had some, uh, uh, you know, uh, these kind of things, tropical storms. It swept people into swollen rivers. Swept people into swollen rivers. Toppled trees onto homes and flooded roadways as the massive system marched toward Monday, prompting flood watches and warnings in more than uh, a half a dozen states. Uh, the National Hurricane Center in Miami downgraded Hillary to a tropical storm Monday morning again. Now they're saying there's going to be other you know, delays and I mean other uh, things that are going to happen after this that are going to cause problems. But again, be praying for the people of California. You know, it's 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 amazing. Um, there's a mass exodus right now out of California and other states because of their politics. But then you see on top of it these kind of tragedies. We need to also be praying for the people of California as well. Yeah. And uh, this from the Gateway Pundit, Pastor Mark. Uh, they're talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dodgers Stadium. 
uh, being flooded just months after mocking God. Yeah. Obviously making a correlation between the two. Don't know if that's the case, but right. nevertheless, here's the story. Yes, I wouldn't say that this is, we can't say this is the judgment of God. We don't know that. But it is interesting in, that they were lifting up Satan just a few weeks back, and now all of a sudden they have this uh, flood there at their stadium. The Los Angeles Dodgers had the latest game against Miami Marlins canceled after Hurricane Hillary caused Dodgers Stadium to flood. The flooding Dodgers Stadium occurs just a couple of months after the Dodgers decided to host satanic trans nun group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence on Dodgers Pride Night. Um, again, and this is interesting here. It said the trans nun group has been known to stage sex acts that mock Jesus's crucifixion. So they're especially vile uh, when it comes to the Lord. I'm not saying this was the judgment of God. We don't know that. But again, when you see these kind of things, you, know, you wonder, you know, is, is it something, and even if it wasn't God, is it something where because the door was opened up to the demonic realm where the enemy is allowed to come in and cause more destruction? We don't know. But again, um, you know, if this is an article of interest, just log it in your brain there and, and um, you know, um, we'll leave it at that. Because yeah. I don't know where to go with this. Again, I think it's interesting to bring up. It is interesting, but again, I don't want to go to down the judgment of God road on this. We don't know that, and I think that'd be going too far. Yeah. But when you take a look at all of these disasters, natural disasters, for lack of a better term, happening, and we see, you know, what God's Word talks about, the earth groaning, waiting for the Lord's return, yeah. man trying to come up with the excuse of climate change to excuse it away instead of uh, seeing what God's Word says. But when you don't have the mind of God, you're not going to have a desire for the Word of God yeah. to even understand any of these things. Yeah. So um, uh, just for a minute before we get into our next article, uh, you know, because a lot of people are dealing with this, and even from an evangelistic standpoint, Pastor Mark, in, in talking about these things, what would you recommend to someone? Uh, you know, is, is there sharing with uh, people and they're talking about these things happening how would you share this with someone who doesn't know Jesus? Yeah. You know, I, I think, Greg, at the least, we could say this. God is the one that's our protector. When you talk about issues like this, yeah. God is the one that's our protector. And again, we, a lot of times people throughout have tried to say when something happens, it's the judgment of God. Is this, when oftentimes it's, it's not. But, but remember this. All God has to stop doing is stop protecting if God doesn't protect you any longer, like our nation, if God quits protecting California because of their policies against God, right? He'll protect the believers, but let's say that God doesn't put as much protection on California because they're rejecting God says, you don't want me. Okay, then I'll leave. Then you're going to see more of these types of things happening. So I would just say to someone, if you know, they say, well, you know, uh, this kind of thing, I wouldn't necessarily say, look, look at God judging, you know, the, the stadium and these people that did this year. I don't think that's necessarily the approach to take quite obviously, but I would say, you know what? We as a nation, California and America, as we've turned against God, we're seeing more and more of these type of things happen. God used to be a wall of protection for us. God used to guard us against many of these things. And the Bible says, you know, that as, as God as God withdraws and, and God removes his hand of protection, we talked earlier about, you know, uh, the Antichrist coming on. It's going to be the removal of the restraining of the Holy Spirit that allows the Antichrist to come on the scene. So it's not necessarily God pushing the Antichrist on the scene. It's God moving the restraint. So as God moves the restraint of his protection on, 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 on the earth and on people as they reject him, you're going to see more disasters take place because oftentimes yeah. we don't know how much God's protecting us until his protection is gone. And that's a good distinction to make, especially when we're talking about the Great Tribulation as we were in our listener question, is that God's removing the restraining 
power of God's Holy Spirit, right. of His Holy Spirit, but He's not removing His presence from the earth. That's right. And, and that's so right. we need to make that distinction for people. I, I think that's good because I used to, as a as a baby Christian, I thought that well, when God, when the, the restrainer says when the, He removes the He's Holy left Spirit, town. well, and to me that was yeah. okay. The Holy Spirit's inside of all the Christians, and they've left town. That's not the case. The Bible does not say that. The Bible says yes, the Christians are removed. But it does not say and does not in any way uh, indicate that God's spirit and love is still not at work. As a matter of fact, we're going to see many saved after the rapture. And the only way anyone can be saved, Greg, is by the drawing of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will be very active in the earth after the rapture of the church. It's just the church will be gone and the restraint holding the Antichrist back will now be removed out of the way. And the angels circling the earth. Oh, there's going to be everything. Uh, angels circling the earth, preaching the gospel. You're going to see 144,000 yes. <laughs> Jews saved right off the bat. You're going to see many people getting saved during that time. They're going to have to give their life. Uh, many of them, not all of them, but many of them for that. And so, yes, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ will be very much at work in the world after the rapture. Uh, that The Spirit doesn't leave. His restraining power just withdraws and allows the enemy to do more of what he wants to do and what God will allow him to do to bring about the last day's process. Amen. Yeah. All right, Pastor Mark, let's get into some good news. Yes. This is from Christian Headlines. A former El Salvadorian gang member says God rescued him. This is so great. Um, again, a former gang member from El Salvador. Uh, Franklin Rivas Hodge, 25, says he was born in a community in El Salvador rife with gang violence and crime. He was abandoned as a baby and left to live with wow. family members who sexually abused him, his own family. Oh, boy. Starting when he was just three years old. He said he's witnessed, uh, he has witnessed kidnappings and murders, and then at the age of nine, he joined a gang because it gave him a sense of security and family, which he didn't have. You hear that Hod- so often. You do. Hodge spent time in and out of uh, jail in El Salvador before he and some friends tried to flee to, uh, the country when he was 16. He eventually arrived in the U.S., but was detained in Texas and placed in a foster care program in Dallas. Get this, later, in another placement after that, a different foster home, he was assigned to a Christian family. Look at God's intervention here. And I quote, from the moment that I met them, I knew there was something different about these people. I'd come across so many people of all kinds, but these people are the first ones that I got and uh, that I got. He said, I quote, I was like, "Okay, they're different. And I was wondering why. And he goes on. It was because of the gospel. They believed the gospel. They knew the gospel. Again, that Jesus had died for our sins and forgiven us if we turned to him. They lived out the gospel. And so from the moment that they took me in, they took me to church. I didn't understand the language. (laughs) I couldn't speak English, but they still took me to church. He says at 20, he then dedicated his life to Christ. He says, I was in the living room. I was in tears. I literally hit rock bottom at that time. And they shared the gospel with me. I was broken. I needed help and everything. And I ended up accepting the gospel in 2019. I got on my knees and prayed to accept him. Hodge says, and again, uh, just amazing to see what God has done. And, and anyone that you look at the power of the gospel, I think about these people adopting these believers and bringing them into yeah. their homes. You know, for you adoptive parents, God bless you guys. You're making an impact. Huge. Here's another story of a huge impact. And this, and again, for us, just showing the love. You know, part of the article, Greg, we don't have time for, but he fell away for a while and then came back and they still received, he started stealing from them. He fell away and was stealing money to send it back to his family in El Salvador, mm. family and or friends. And they, he came back, he confessed his sin to them. They again accepted him back and restored. And now he's walking with the Lord. They've seen the, the love of the Lord, the forgiveness of the Lord. God bless this family. And again, what a testimony of, of the power of the gospel and the power of forgiveness and the power of love. And this truly is a great feel-good story to end today's show with. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who might be listening right now, Pastor Mark, who 
who was like this guy, feeling like he 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 doesn't have a sense of belonging. Yeah, you know, and that what you can have when you give your life to Jesus That's in right. terms of the family of God and what koinonia is and yeah. how blessed we are. Well, we often hear the phrase that, you know, blood is thicker than water, and that's related to family relations. But I can tell you this, it's great to have family that loves you. That's wonderful. But the true family is the family of God. The family down here is only temporary. Yes, we love them. They love us. But the family of God through Jesus Christ and the gospel, if you want to be involved in true family that lasts forever, it comes through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for you on the cross. And I just want to say, if you're listening right now and you don't know the Lord, know this, Jesus died for you, not just for the world, he died for you. And if you will ask forgiveness of your sins, if you'll believe that he died for you on the cross, and now confess those sins, receive him as Lord, turn from those sins. That's what repentance means. The Bible says you'll be born again, and you will have eternity in the kingdom with Jesus Christ and a true family that will love you and will last for eternity. You are welcome. Please join the family, and I encourage you to do that even now as we as we speak. Yeah, just makes me think about David talking about how he recognized that God had knit him in his mother's womb, yeah. knew him before the foundation of the world. That's right. And God's thoughts toward him and towards us are so numerous that they outnumber the sand and the sea. That's right. And, and truly, to know that we are loved and are accepted, no matter what we've done, whether it be a gang member, a murderer, being whatever it was, Jesus will accept you, but not because of you, but because of his blood and what his blood did for you on the cross, and that's all you have to do is receive him, uh, and, and the Bible says you're accepted in the kingdom of God. Yeah, amen. Amen. Pastor Mark, thank you so much, and folks, thanks for listening to our program. As always, you can get everything Signs of the Times related, as well as Pastor Mark's teaching program on the radio. Come to the table, our 24-hour radio station, WIAM, that you can stream online, as well as watch our live services from Calvary Knoxville all in one place at thewaymedia.net. And come back and join us next Friday as we continue to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today are pointing to God's Word as signs of the times.